0: Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin Bezzer Hashem BPM number 12. That's by uh Sheer number 12 for the men. Today, we're going to talk about constructive criticism. Because sometimes, rather than influencing your wife to grow with you, uh, you want to change something in her behavior. So, you might be tempted to affect this change by criticizing her or her conduct. But if you approach it this way, it can destroy the relationship. It could really, really truly hurt her in a very, very deep way. Women are generally very sensitive, especially to their husband's criticism. We explained before that a wife derives her basic emotional nefesh, her energy, by knowing that her husband loves her, cherishes her, adores her, that even the slightest display of disappointment you know, you didn't find find time to call the plumber today, even such a thing, can be earth-shattering to her. And criticism, therefore, should be avoided, especially among newlyweds, since Akala isn't yet confident that her husband loves her, that his disapproval could be very crippling to her. And in order to influence anyone to grow and to see them, we said, is to set a personal examples and to see him as completely good intrinsically. And if you use criticism to invoke change, you're accentuating the negative. And your wife, in turn, will react in a very anxious way, a defensive way, and it'll make it difficult for her to focus on her improvement. Now, sometimes criticism is in order, and we have to know, you know, before you do that, was your wife's behavior really bad? Will it ever happen again? Was it a fluke? You know, you don't have to point out everything she does wrong. Only comment when it's necessary, when it's purposeful, and even then not to criticize it directly and use the I approach, like, you know, I feel that I was hurt by this or so on. We'll talk about this more. When criticism is unavoidable, how it's given over can significantly affect how it is received. It's Yemin samoil doicha Yemin mikareves. The left hand pushes away and the right hand draws close. The Ad explains the right hand is the dominant hand. It's telling us to be more encouraging than discouraging. Why? Because constructive criticism requires that the Mechabal, the recipient, in this case your wife, be strong enough to face and accept what she is told and to work on it. And to help her develop that strength, you have to make her feel good about herself. Otherwise, the criticism will only bring her to despair and potential rebellion. So you need the Amin Mechareves first. You need to build her up. You need to really see only her mindless and to show what a beautiful, great person she is. And the technique that we talk about sandwiching is also a little bit problematic. It's politer, but but really you need to do it this way. First of all, you decide where the person needs to improve. And you think of something related that they do well. So for example, if an employee is always late, you highlight how he get gets straight to work once he arrives or he volunteers to stay late and choose another loosely related strength to mark on and uh, you know like the, and also say the first compliment. He came in late, but he's working already by the by the desk and you say, "Hey, wow, you're ready at work. Wow, you just got here." And state where you would like to see the improvement. You know, it's almost 9.50, you've been late constantly, maybe you could find a way to miss the morning traffic, and then you end up with a compliment. Oh, by the way, your car looks fantastic, or whatever. So the flaw of this approach is that the two compliments are out of nowhere, won't give the listener enough backbone to withstand the criticism sandwiched in between it. So the sandwich method is helpful, and it's tactful. But if the middle of that sandwich is a criticism and he realizes that that's really what you're complimenting is just to soften the blow, that also, you know, they'll realize that and that will be hurtful as well. So you need to first, with your wife, you could use that sandwich approach, but she has to be secure in the relationship with you. So, number one is you need to make sure that she hurt from you lately positive things, meaning that very day, that very week and praise her for real things that she deserves praise for. Give her positive reinforcements what she really deserves positive reinforcement for and she internalizes that praise. Make sure she absorbs that praise. Make sure she feels you really mean that praise and how much you appreciate her and so on and that you really mean it and you convey to her also, somehow, that it's okay to make mistakes. That you're not judging her as a person. It's just something I feel you need correction on. We all make mistakes. She needs to know it's normal. Everyone does it. I make mistakes. And you need to tell me when I make mistakes sometimes. And I'm telling you sometimes when you make mistakes sometimes. But it's not meant to hurt. I'm happy with you. I love you. It doesn't change our relationship and iota. Our love is not any weaker in any way, shape, or form. You have to choose your words carefully. You think through before you say it. You never raise your voice, even slightly. Don't show irritation. Don't be irritating. Don't be irritated, rather. Don't look angry. Don't look bitter. Don't look annoyed. Don't look resentment. Don't, don't look disappointed. And don't be any of those things either. Don't feel angry or bitter or annoyed, resentment or disappointment. If you feel any of those things, don't even bother bother on this constructive criticism, because it won't be constructive. You need to learn to do this only when you don't have that bitterness in your heart, when you're calm, because your wife can almost always detect anger. So you have to approach her only after you got whatever you got out of your system, that you're not upset anymore. You got it out of your system. And the only reason you're telling her now, you're calm, you love her, and maybe a discussion will help it. So you have to be very very careful even when you have to criticize it sparingly sensitively always in the context of a loving supporting relationship and that is really really key and then he talks about parents and in-laws it's a very important important subject as well yeah there's a new son-in-law new daughter-in-law so husbands very often struggle with this new dynamic. Parents and in- 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 in-laws influence and affect the marriage to make, do our best to make sure that impact is positive. And it requires some work. It requires some Avaida. You know, marrying off a child is bittersweet. Some parents, they're happy they're marrying off a child, but their adjustment is hard sometimes. Wife is also adjusting to a new husband, new responsibilities. And to your family, you're adjusting to her family, and she's adjusting to your family. Cultural differences. Even if you marry within the same circles, same Hasidus or same Litvish background, same Svardish background, even if it's not a real clash of cultures, nevertheless, every family has their own nuances, own differences. So... Remember, in the beginning, you may have a lot of these transitions, especially you're visiting always one to the other. It won't be always difficult. It's just a matter of patience and maturity to survive and thrive in this trend, to a transition and behave properly. Navigate those waters, and you'll come out on the other side in a, in a calm way and a beautiful way. A husband is commanded to honor his in-laws. It's brought down in Eredeia. David referred to his father-in-law Shola as his father. And it applies to mother-in-law as well. Kutia also brings down. Moshe went out to greet his father-in-law, and he gave him tremendous derecheret. So you see, also, so you see the chiyuv to honor your in-laws. And just like a husband and wife resembles one body, her parents, in a certain way, is like your parents, and you have a chiyuv dairaisa to honor them. At least that's what the Chaya Adam Paskins that way in the Pesachet Tshuva. We may not follow that opinion Halakha, that it's a dairaisa. But regardless, you see from here that there is a, a, you know, that it's a serious aspect. And besides the chiyuvin, whether it's a chiyadai reis, a however you want to put it, the bottom line is, just from the basic common sense of what we call the fifth the shulchan arach, is that the in-laws are a vital part of your relationship with your wife. You can't separate the two. It's important to treat her parents with respect, with a love. Out of respect of your wife, you have need to honor her parents. You invest time and effort in developing a good relationship with them. Uh, you don't always, you don't, again, we talk about, you know, you don't have to talk about personal aspects of marriage in a way you shouldn't. But overall, general, basic, there and mutual trust, mutual respect. And it may take, understanding may take a few years. Don't force it. Sometimes it's scary, you feel scared or, 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 or distrustful because you realize that your father-in-law doesn't really understand you, your mother-in-law doesn't really understand you. And they don't understand you. You don't understand them. And sometimes it does take a few years till they develop that appreciation and connection. So don't get don't get disarmed by it. If you don't feel that closeness right away, sometimes people are fortunate enough where right away you, you click with your in-laws. Beautiful. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. But what happens is over years, over time, it grows and develops if you learn to behave the right way and navigate it the right way. You don't always have to expect your in-laws to reach out. You're proactive. You can you have some type of connection with them. And, um, you know, just respectful. Bottom line is very respectful. They're heretic. And um, never criticize your in-laws and to your wife. Even if she's aware of your issues with them, you could talk it over in a and normal way. And even if her parents are in the wrong, they mistreated you, and her your wife knows that you they mistreated you, you don't rub it in, and you do the best you can with it. Sometimes you need to ask a Shiloh if things get difficult of how to handle certain things. We're not going to get into all the pratam of it now. But overall, if they're generally decent people, you look, for, just like you look for your wife or the Milas, you look for good things about your in-laws, the positive things, that's meaningful. Um, that's a meaningful thing, and it means a lot to her, to your wife, and it helps in the marriage overall. And with your own parents, it's very important. Even if they may have a particular issue with your wife, whatever it is, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law competition, now she's the center of, of your life. Your mother may feel threatened. Uh, she may criticize your wife's cooking or housekeeping or parenting or spending methods and all that. And that treatment, hearing it from your mother, is a very painful thing for your wife. And it results in her criticizing back, and you need to know how to balance it. You need to talk to your wife about this, have discussions together, understand that in-law criticism is common, shouldn't be taken personally, mother feels vulnerable, mother-in-law feels vulnerable, and and you work it through together. You support your wife with this, and you, you, she, you, you to her, realize it's not always easy, you're navigating some waters, and what's very, very important is And we cannot emphasize this enough. And that is, if your wife did, let's say, something wrong, do not join your parents in criticizing her. Let's say it's something that your parents noticed and you were there, whatever, and they, they over the phone, call you, your father, your mother, talk to you, say, you know, your wife did this and this, it was really not right, whatever it is. Never join them in criticizing. Don't say, I agree. Don't say anything. Don't just let it navigate around that. Never, never do that. You, or you, the privacy of your relationship of your wife is sacred. And that's very, very important. Now, here's where in-laws, where a, where, where a husband and wife both need to decide that as much as they have to have their acharetz for their parents, the in-laws and their parents, there's certain aspects of their marriage that's only for them. A bracha that's hidden from view, privacy, And that's very very important so for example the positive experiences shared with your wife or challenges are more valuable when they remain yours alone that there's an intimacy there that strengthens the bond between you and it takes hard work and the hard work is for the good of the relationship to bond with your wife not to impress others with it not to gain their approval if you buy your wife something Don't buy it because people will think this or that, or that you have a great marriage and make a public display in a bungalow colony with coming home with a huge amount of flowers and, you know, with a fanfare going into the bungalow. You do it in a quiet way. These gestures of bonding between a husband and wife privately, not to impress other people or anything like that. Sometimes you need therapy. Sometimes you need a mentor. Sometimes you need a counselor to help through aspects of marriage. It's very, you need to be very careful when couples sometimes consult their parents instead, either because they're readily available or, you know, they, they're, they're close to them. But turning to your parents when you have problems in your marriage is a violation of privacy. Because they're so close to you and involve them, involving them in marital challenges is an awkward thing. It's not necessarily a healthy thing, and it's not an pr- appropriate thing. Now, even if a parent happens to be a marriage counselor, do not go to your parent the marriage counselor. Go to a different marriage counselor. If your father is a Rav, generally speaking, do not go for about Maris and things like that to your Rav, your parent, your father, or father-in-law. Find somebody else. Find somebody else. It's very, very, very important. Generally speaking, that's the case. There's very rare exceptions where you have scenarios where it works. That type of closeness with a, with a father-in-law, mother-in-law, parents know all the intimate aspects of the couple or live in the same apartments or the same house. I mean, not healthy, generally speaking. There are situations later in life when, you know, a, a parent, set of parents is aging and they welcome them into their home. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's a tremendous chesed. Not everyone could do that. But when they do that, it's really, really a beautiful thing. But in the early part of the marriages, especially, or most of their marriage, when they were healthy and well, there needs to be a certain degree of distance. Healthy respect, but distance from their private lives. And that's basically the idea. It has to be a priority. No matter how close you are with your parents, Marriage is an adjustment, but you need to realize that that's a priority. So to be Messiahim, um, this set of shiurim that we talked about till now, we'll go to the sixth bracha of the Sheva brachas, where we say on the newlyweds that they're reyim and reyus we talk about in the, in the last bracha too, So, which means companionship, which is a little strange, because companionship is nice, but marriage is much more than companionship. So, Moshe Kardevaro, in time of Devar, explains Regus in a different way. He explains like this. He says that every neshama, in one's neshama, has a little bit of every other neshama. So, that is really, that concept once you see that, that in your neshama has sparks of nishamas of all of your, of Chal Yisrael, besides your private neshama, in it has sparks of nishamas of all of Chal Yisrael, that transforms completely our understanding of the mitzvah have to How is it possible to care about another just as I care about myself? But according to the Ramak, the time of the Vaira, is that since each Jew is part of every other Jew, so I can love another as much as my love, myself, because he and I are really, really one. Rav Huttner, of Racha, connects the word re, re, reyacha to Trua, which is the short broken sounds of the shifer. Trua means something broken or a piece of something bigger. Right? Ra, which is bad, actually means broken, when the evil is incomplete, because evil is incomplete, not perfect. So reyacha, writes Rav Hutner, is that each member of Klai is a reya, is a piece, a piece of a whole. He is not whole. He's a part of a greater unit. So that is what reyas means in Sheva Rachas, and you should carry it for the rest of your lives in your marriages. Throughout this, the shiurim thus far, we learned about the importance of a couple transforming from two separate people into one unit. That's reyus, when two become one, that's why we ask Hashem that they should be happy, that just like Adam and Chavah were created as one body and then split into two, because the bond between husband and wife must be much more than any other relative connection. They need to be one, and the bracha is, Saifa wed Saifa people married for a long time, they should experience this Ahava and achva and shalom and Reyes. So to review the concepts of the Shir, we talked about constructive criticism and really this shear did not suffice for that we only touched the bare surface of it and we're going to talk more we did in the main shorum and maybe over here also of when you need to openly talk about problems because it's not healthy either to bear bury things under the rug or never argue we talked about it, it could be toxic never to argue sometimes it's healthy to disagree and to bring out what's bothering you in a healthy way so we need to talk more about it, but we touched upon the subject today in a very important way. And we talked a little about the parents' and in-laws' dynamic. And the union of reyem vahavuhuvim to realize that you're one unit, and you work together, Be'ez HaShem, to build a beautiful bias Nemon. And if you're already married many, many years, you can cause it to grow and make 180 degree to c- turn from all the negativity that ever was in the past and to rebuild it in a most beautiful way. Bracha and atzlacha.